Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to A Sweet Sunrise Podcast, which is not your average book club. If this is your first time tuning in, hi, welcome. My name is Callie, and I talk about books and wellness in my spare time in the hopes that someone listening will find themselves inspired and pick up that book that they've been thinking about. I like to imagine this podcast as a little Tuesday girl brunch, which kind of inspired the podcast's name. No work, no school, no responsibilities, just mimosas and book talk. So raise your glass and cheers. We're going to get started on a good note today. And let me tell you, we have a lot to discuss. Today we're going to talk about Colleen Hoover's book, It Ends With Us. And I'm going to share some helpful tips about how to get into reading and build a routine if it's really something you've been trying to get into. I have some things that I think will really help you start setting goals with reading and building that new healthy habit because I really recommend it for everyone. You might not be an English major like I was, but I really think everyone can find the joy in reading if they kind of just know what to look for and how to get into it. I just got back from Michigan yesterday where my family and I had a really fun couple days looking at houses for my mom because they're getting ready to move. My stepmom, Victoria, just got a job at Michigan State University, so I'm super proud. I'm wearing my MSU sweatshirt right now. My mom and dad actually went there for college, so it's really nice to... It was super cool to see the campus and everything. It's so spread out. It's not as crowded as UF. Let me tell you, it was freezing. It was so cold. I hadn't seen snow in a really long time, and I just felt like a seven-year-old running around and, like, writing stuff in it, and I was throwing things at Kenzie, my sister, and throwing a bunch of snow at Victoria, and it was really fun. I did fall, though. I slipped on ice outside one of the houses, the house I think they're actually going to buy, so that's fun to remember forever on holidays when I go visit that. So I slipped on ice in front of the realtor, in front of my family. It was it was great. Bruised my whole hip, and I woke up the next morning, and my arm on that side is just super sore. So, you know, um, we'll deal with that. Uh, I had a really good time. It was really nice to be up there. I hadn't been to Michigan in so long, and my whole family's literally from there. But I was also really glad to get back yesterday and just get back home to Dusty, the dogs, and routine, and sleep in my own bed. So that was kind of a bliss last night. However, I was rudely awakened this morning by workers pounding on our roof our apartment complex didn't give us any notice or ask us to move our cars or anything before they started literally throwing shingles off the roof and caution taping our whole building. I really don't want to be a Karen, I don't like to be that person, but giving us a little note or like a heads up would have been really nice. Talk to my neighbors, none of them got any notice in advance that they were going to be doing this. There was shit all over, literally all over, and it's the loudest thing ever. It sounds like someone's like, repeatedly using a jackhammer on our roof like what if I worked from home or if I had like a zoom class I had a lot of zoom classes when I was still in college and I just graduated there would be no way I'd be able to unmute myself because no one could hear anything that I was saying it was terrifying my puppy Bailey was absolutely freaking out the entire time I felt so bad for her she was just shaking and my next door neighbor told us that they were going to be here for three days so that's nice Uh, I'm also really terrified of getting hit with like the brick shingles that they keep throwing off like there's no way that's safe you can toss and tape that off but that's my front door if I have to go let the dogs out like what are what am I gonna do I have to walk out there I have to get to my car and stuff Uh, and if someone if someone is gonna get hit with a flying shingle it's going to be me I'm clumsy and I know that's out of my control but like really random shit like that just happens to me when I went out on my run this morning 
there was like sawdust everywhere and the guy like whistled at them to make them stop throwing shit off the roof so I didn't die so that was nice of him but the amount of sawdust that just came down I was literally choking on it and my eyes were watering and it was a hot second before I was able to start running and I let Bailey out later in the afternoon I had to carry her over like all the debris and was tripping over the pile of stuff and when I got back to the door I felt something stuck on my shoe and I looked down and pull whatever it is out and it's a huge fucking rusty nail that made a giant hole in the rubber of my slides if I was wearing any other pair of shoes other than my Nike slides I would be out getting a techno shot right now there's no way if I was wearing my sneakers it would have gone all the way through and punctured my foot there's no way I still have the nail I kept two of them and I found multiple ones just like literally pointing up waiting for someone to step on them so I couldn't let my dogs out all day because it was I didn't want their paws to get stabbed that was annoying in other news I'm going to fill out some paperwork for a job tomorrow and I'm really excited I had an interview here in Gainesville last week actually six days ago yeah and it went really well and they want to work with me and make it official I went in for the interview and it was supposed to just kind of be like a one-on-one about a certain job but she let me know that other apartments were also departments um, were also hiring and they wanted to kind of sit in on the interview and I was like oh okay she said I just want to let you know that because you're about to walk in a conference room with seven women and it was intimidating but I feel like I did a pretty good job um, they all seemed to like me and they were super nice I remember leaving that interview while I had like other job opportunities that would make more money that would pay more I remember just thinking like this really seems like a family I would really like to start you know my career here so I'm really happy that I get to go back tomorrow and hopefully make it official I'm not gonna say the position title today but I might once everything is finalized anyway I'm just really happy and grateful to be able to start my career after working so hard in school for so long Dusty was so cute this morning. He ordered me a really pretty blue Stanley cup because he knows I've been wanting one and he wanted me to have a nice water bottle to take to work. So I'm so excited. It's coming tomorrow and it is the cutest and I'm going to be so hydrated. (laughs) He and I are also currently binge watching season six of The Office because Peacock just put out the super fan episodes of season six. If you don't know what that is, need to educate yourself if you haven't watched the office i don't even know what to do with you there but if you have watched the office and you love it as you should if you've watched the office peacock put out super fan episodes so seasons one through six have extended parts now so i we've watched seasons one through five all the extended parts and a lot of the extended parts are really funny like the writers of the show are just that good it just must have been really hard to cut things out so I'm really glad that we can see all the unseen stuff now and I'm just so excited for season six because we all know like that's the season that Jim and Pam get married and all that stuff like that's their whole Niagara Falls wedding and I'm so excited we have only gone through like two episodes I say we're binge watching it because I know we're gonna end up binge watching it but we're kind of trying to savor it I know he has homework to do tonight but I really want to watch some so kind of after all that I really want to talk about the book first in this episode and then get into some tips and tricks to keep yourself accountable with reading I'm just too excited to talk about this one so let's just get into it off the bat so as I said today we are going to be discussing it ends with us by Colleen Hoover before we dive into that discussion I have to give a major trigger warning This book features scenes of abuse, domestic violence, child abuse, and some other really heavy topics. 
So if you're not comfortable hearing about these topics today, no worries. I encourage you to stop here, pause, and maybe listen to last week's episode instead. Last week, we discussed um, a really great book, A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson, which doesn't hit on these specific triggers. So if that episode would be safer for you to listen to today, I encourage you to switch over and give last week's podcast episode a listen instead. Also, I'm going to need to give a big spoiler alert because I'm going to be discussing a lot of major plot points today. So if you've already read the book or you're perfectly fine hearing about some of the plot before you go out and get yourself a copy, then keep listening. But if you're the type that wants to be kind of just in the dark before you open that book, go for it. I understand. (laughs) I personally picked up this book at Target over the summer because I was so curious about all the hype was about. People were and literally still are posting about this book everywhere. It is a favorite. People my age are obsessed with this book and obsessed with Colleen Hoover. I really think this book kicked off that whole uh, phase. Girls on campus were reading it. And like I said, many people consider it Colleen Hoover's most popular novel. I would say it probably is. I really haven't read any other Colleen Hoover, but you know, that might change in the future. It might not. Uh, But I really, with this one, I had to see for myself if it would really live up to the hype. So before I go any further, let me give you my own little version of the inside book sleeve summary. All right, here we go. It Ends With Us follows Lily Bloom, a young, ambitious business owner that is still haunted by her late father's violence towards her mother that existed all throughout her childhood. Living in Boston, Lily opens her own flower shop and forms a relationship with former non-romantic Riley Kincaid. Previously a strictly one-night stand handsome surgeon, Riley falls hard for Lily. Everything is going perfect until some of Riley's troubling tendencies emerge and another ghost from Lily's past makes a surprising appearance. Atlas Corrigan was Lily's first love, a former homeless youth that she fell in love with in high school, but after a violent encounter with Lily's father, Atlas leaves town, promising to find her again one day. Needless to say, He hadn't lived up to his promise when Lily finds him first, by accident. While dining with Riley at Boston's new It restaurant, Lily is shocked to find that Atlas is the head chef and owner of the establishment. Will he create a love triangle, or did he appear in Lily's life just in time to save her? Let's talk about it. The first thing I noticed about this book was that it's written in like a very present tense. I personally hate that. It's confusing to the brain. But like, whatever, I got over it. Let me give you a little example. I'm going to read the first sentence of the book. So it's not really much of a spoiler here. But I'm going to read the first sentence just to give you an idea of the kind of tense that it's written in and why I don't really like it. All right, here we go. As I sit here with one foot on either side of the ledge, looking down from the 12 stories of the streets of Boston, I can't help but think about suicide. Not my own. I like my life enough to want to see it through. So you see the, like, as I sit here, it's it's not past tense, which most books are written in. You know, you mostly say, I said, not I say. And if I remember correctly, it was so long ago that I read this, but I think Divergent did the same way. And it really just kind of messed with my head because I don't like that, but it's a personal thing. Uh, not everyone really cares. I did a little bit, but like I said, whatever, I got over it. I went into this book completely blind. And that's, like, important to note for what I'm about to say. 
Uh, I finished the first chapter of the book and literally just thought, oh great, another like super tacky love story where a quirky girl convinces a rich and mysterious guy to enter a relationship. I found it super cliche. I was disappointed. I was like, what the hell is going on? Why does everyone love this so much? I don't get it. I don't. But little did I realize that was the point. Everything about it seemed textbook love story at first. I was trying to decide if I was Team Riley or Atlas, and I was eating up Lily's flashbacks from her and Atlas in high school and all her Ellen letters. I really just decided to give it a go because I was bored working over the summer and I didn't have anything else to read. I didn't think it was going to lead what it led to, and I'm really glad it did. If you've read this book, you know about the reference I'm going to make. Everything about this plot changed in 15 seconds. I read chapter 14, closed the book, and just said, oh, this is where it's taking us. This is where Colleen Hoover is taking us. This is why it's the book that it is. Needless to say, I was not prepared for chapter 14. Up until that point, there had been over 180 pages of a blossoming and fun relationship, and just that quickly, everything is different. I want to say here that my favorite thing about this book is how important the subject matter is. Domestic violence and abuse needs to be talked about. People don't talk about it enough, frankly, for how prevalent in society it is. And Colleen Hoover presents it in a really realistic way. I know the issue was personal for her as she wrote about how she never understood why her mother stayed with her abusive husband, her father... And how it was just traumatizing for her to watch her mother beaten, uh, traumatizing to watch her mother mistreated, and she never understood as a child why you would stay with that person. And Colleen Hoover communicates this perfectly through Lily, whose father abused her mother. Lily could never understand why her mother never left her father until she ended up in an abusive relationship herself. What many of us that have never experienced an abusive partner don't realize is that not everything is black and white. You can have intense love, intense passion, wonderful, perfect memories with an abuser. It's not as some simple as some people make it out to be. It's not just abuse. It's a mix. And that's why it's so complicated. And this is why Lily and Riley's relationship becomes like that center figure and this just heavily weighing issue gray area, especially in chapter 14, because it is such a gray area. We've seen these characters love and grow with no instances of abuse and all of a sudden they're drinking, they've had a lot of wine, they're just kind of like giggly and not thinking. Riley grabs a hot pan from the oven without an oven mitt. He drops the pan. It shatters to the floor. His hand is burning. Lily's automatic drunken reaction to this, like, kind of thoughtless mistake is to laugh. And Riley just strikes her. He's panicking about his hand because as a surgeon, his hand is his life and his work. And he would not be able to be a surgeon without his hand. And after realizing what he's done, he is immediately apologetic. It's a tough situation. It's one that you might not read instantly and think that Riley's a bad guy. And that is exactly the point. 
I thought about this chapter alone so much that I had Dusty and my sister read only this chapter and give me their thoughts. Is Riley a bad guy? I asked. Is this relationship ending? Is this relationship ending situation? Is this abuse? They were both confused because it was such a gray area. Uh, I remember them saying like, yeah, she shouldn't have laughed, but obviously he never should have hit her. I don't think like it's something he would ever do again because of his reaction afterwards. And they were kind of eating up what Colleen Hoover was presenting which was that it was probably an isolated incident. But as readers, we know it wasn't going to be a standalone thing. Riley's violence just spirals throughout the rest of the novel, and it is Atlas that picks Lily up and helps her get to her feet again. And to me, presenting this messy gray area, how often it is in real life, is by far the best aspect of this book. And the only part I can confidently say I'm very fond of. The rest might be extremely cliche and sappy, but I see how it was necessary to tell the story, to kind of make it that gray area in the first place. You needed that cliche romance, the exactly like what you would want it to be thing for you to really think about the tough moments of this novel. Obviously, you know, I'm... I'm a reader. I'm not immune. I I loved Atlas. He was such a great character. He's adorable, kind. Um, I love the fact that while he was picking her up from this terrible, abusive situation, he never made a romantic or sexual move toward her until months and months later, I think maybe even years later, she came to him and said that she was ready. He didn't, he never asked. He never just like made that move. And I'm, I'm really glad because it gave her all the much more control that she needed because she had lost that control in her relationship with Riley. So now the question is, is the book worth the hype? My short answer is no, because it doesn't really hold a candle to the other great works I've read as a super avid reader who spent time studying literature in college. Um, it's just the the actual like wording, the syntax, the diction. It was, it was still too cliche for me to be able to give it a high rating and say that it really surprised me in, in, a, in a way that was written and not just like a, a really important plot point, which it was. But at the same time, I'm really glad this piece is out there for young readers, especially young women, to pick up and educate themselves on the terribly difficult situations that violent relationships can put you in. I think that is so important, and I applaud Colleen Hoover for doing that, and that's why I'm glad that the book is popular. And, you know, it is a very quick and easy read, so it would be great for someone that is trying to get into reading, which is another reason why I had this as our second pick. I don't want to throw anything at you that is too much or too difficult to read, too dense at first, because I know I'm trying to get a lot of people to pick up their first book in maybe a couple months or even a couple years. There's no shame. I'm just trying to get people to kind of discover that love, rediscover that love for reading. So um, I'm going to insert a little quote from a listener here that filled out our Google Form response, 
Listener Devin from Gainesville said, It's a super easy book for people to get into reading, but started this whole Colleen Hoover fandom of people who literally only read Colleen Hoover. Literally overrated as fuck. Devin, first of all, I love you and I miss you. But I agree with you. While the book is so important, it kind of just... I guess led people to stick to one genre, one author, you know, one author only. And I really encourage people to expand their horizons and kind of look into other suggestions um, and maybe explore a denser text. I'm not saying you have to go out and read Moby Dick because just don't do that. I'm not saying you need to read all these literary classics, but, you know, challenge yourself. Pick up something that isn't a super simple romance story all the time don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with romance but you see how this genre this Colleen Hoover genre isn't exactly challenging it's great to pick up every once in a while in fact I would maybe have a Colleen Hoover book going while you're exploring another denser text but Devin I definitely agree with what you're saying the Colleen Hoover phantom has definitely taken over book talk And I would like to see a little bit more variety, even though I have a lot of respect for her. And as I'm talking, I'm not expecting everyone to like what I like. Everyone has their own opinions. Everyone's going to like different genres. But if you do like Colleen Hoover and you did really like this book, I have some other recommendations if you would like to kind of just expand your reading. The most like classic recommendation I could give you based off of this book and Colleen Hoover's kind of genre as a whole would be Nicholas Sparks. You could really like him if you like Colleen Hoover. He never really did it for me personally, but I would definitely recommend trying him out if you did really like Colleen Hoover and this book. I think the most niche kind of author I can recommend to you besides Colleen Hoover that kind of sticks into the same genre is Jodi Pickle. I had a friend in high school who read more Jodi Pickle books than I can count. She was obsessed with this one in particular called The Pact, which is a heartbreaking book. I read it junior year of high school. It is kind of literary, tra- literally traumatizing It's so sad, but again, I think it's important to kind of bring these topics to light and explore them. So I would definitely consider doing a separate episode on the pact down the road, but Jodi Pickle has a lot of deep emotional romance books that maybe have some non-traditional endings, and I found it to be really like Colleen Hoover, maybe a little less simple, so I would definitely recommend checking out um, Jodi Pickle. You can find her literally anywhere. She was Colleen Hoover before Colleen Hoover, let's put it that way. And, you know, if you really want to challenge yourself, you really want to pick up a classic. Let's say you love the kind of tortured love story genre. Revisit The Great Gatsby. You might have read it in high school, but you probably weren't paying the closest attention. You had other things going on, homecoming, prom, sports, whatever. Um, The Great Gatsby is timeless and it is that tortured love story it's god it's there's betrayal there's absolute romance there's the idea of the past and trying to repeat time and turn it back 
and I would just really pick it back up again because when you open it you're probably thinking it's going to be some like Nathaniel Hawthorne dense type shit but it's not first of all it's super small and it's not a hard read it's not super dense the first chapter may be a little bit but you can go back and it is literally like I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna do an episode on The Great Gatsby at some point it might be one of my favorite books of all time but it is raw it is absolutely raw the characters even though it's kind of seen from an outside narrative there is so much raw pain there and I would just I can't recommend it enough and that's why I would like to throw that in there because it kind of has that tortured romance aspect so I guess let's go back and give my official rating for It Ends With Us Please don't be mad at me, all the Colleen Hoover lovers out there. I have a lot of respect for what she did here, and I am a really tough critic. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. I know Devin gave it a 4 out of 10, because if you don't know on the Google forums, I ask you to rate it 1 out of 10, so I'd really like to share some more of those if you guys could fill that out. I'm going to give it one more, because just because of how important I think the subject matter is. I think it was... I think it's a good read for young women especially. So I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10 because I'm a tough critic, because I've read so many great works of literature, I just can't pick up that book and really give it more than that because of the writing style. Um, But that is just me. I have a lot of respect for her and I guess I'm really excited about next week's pick. So now I'd like to share some getting into reading tips, and I didn't really write a lot of these down, so I'm kind of just going to rant and see where it goes. Um, It's a habit, like I said last episode, that a lot of people want to start. They just don't really know how. So here are some ideas that I have to kind of get you to start this habit. I know a lot of people have said it takes 21 days to start a new habit. So if you find yourself flaking a little bit, don't give up keep going maybe you didn't read for a day or two that doesn't mean that you can't pick it up the next day and try again my first recommendation is setting some time aside during your morning and night routines you know in the morning i walk the dogs i have breakfast i have my coffee and that would be a great moment in my morning routine where i would like to pick out a book pick out a book and read a couple pages that would be a great time where I could see myself adding some reading to my routine and then you know when I finish my coffee go on with my skincare and go about my day I think before bed is the best time to pick up a book Um, it's always great to put your phone on do not disturb have some no screen time before bed so put on your reading glasses grab a book and really just kind of absorb check the time make sure you're not staying up too late but that I think is really the best time because it allows your brain to not be totally bombarded with all that blue light it allows you time to really fall into a deeper sleep and sleep better when you do go to sleep because you're not on electronics and it's really hard to do I'm not perfect I don't do this every night I like to scroll on TikTok before bed but I know that I get better sleep when I read before bed And, you know, make it a moment. I, like, a lot of the times, like to put on a face mask, put my hair back, put on a face mask, and then get into bed and read a few chapters. Make it a whole moment. Get the candles going. Get some champagne. I have some cheap champagne right now. I have candle on, too. It's kind of a vibe in here. But anyways, I know I said last episode, 
that reading in a bubble bath and kind of just romanticizing that time with some candles, maybe a snack. I like to bring like little chocolate pieces like the lint chocolates into into the bath. It just feels like not a literal spa. Um, but another tip I have is aim for a page goal. And a little more to that, just stick with me. Aim for a page goal, but when you hit that page goal, finish the chapter that you're on. And this doesn't work for every book. If you have super long, dense chapters, then it's not going to work for every book. Um, but I would really encourage you, even if it's like maybe 10 more pages, to hit the finishing point of that chapter instead of simply reaching the page goal. So have that page goal in mind, but when you hit it, extend it till you finish the chapter so you really hit a good stopping point a moment that the author meant it to be a stopping point so when you go to bed or you put the book down for a while you're not left at a feeling super interrupted yeah it might be a cliffhanger but it's not like the middle of a sentence or a paragraph it's going to give you a little bit more transition time it's going to be a way better stopping point point. and then my last tip for getting into reading and holding yourself accountable is to download Goodreads. I love Goodreads because it allows you to put in a goal. I think my goal last year was like 20 books and I was really close to making it and I think I'm going to up it to 25 this year because I feel like I'm going to have a lot more time because I'm not in school and like reading for school and you know when you're assigned reading it becomes a lot harder to actually read than when you're actually doing it for pleasure. But Goodreads is great because you can track when you start the book, when you finish it. There are certain challenges you can do where you're like, I think it's like however many books a month challenge or something like that. There's all the kinds, it's like a running challenge, like different ones you can add during that app. So I definitely recommend downloading Goodreads. You can keep yourself accountable with how many books you've read that year. And then at the end of the year, you can go back and you can also rate the books one out of five, which I really like. And you can leave a little review. So it's kind of like, a really cool community of all different genres of books can get together and readers can really just kind of like dish about what books they like what they didn't and why so those are my little uh just few tips and tricks to get into reading i'd really like to share some more with you guys sometimes but that is what i can come up with for now and i think that's an easy good starting place just to go over them again you're going to set aside some time during your morning and night routine before bed is the best time Remember to make it a moment, romanticize it, aim for a page goal. When you hit the page goal, finish that chapter and then download Goodreads. All right. Um, thank you all so much for <clears throat> sorry, turning into our second book club meeting. I am toying with some ideas like maybe including an extra episode every month that delves into a literary classic and keeping the Tuesday episodes more modern reads because I feel like that would reach a larger audience. But those in high school and college that are really looking for some guidance on literary classics can have their time too, and I can help explain some of those. As always, there is a link in the show notes for a Google form with questions about each week's pick so you can give and share your hot take because I would love to share some of your thoughts on the pod. So feel free to write in some of your opinions and spread the word. As usual, you can follow me on TikTok for more at CallieXDane and the pod on Instagram at a sweet sunrise underscore pod. Happy reading, everyone, and I'll see you next time for Tuesday Brunch. Mm-hmm.